The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, Hear another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he leased it to tenants and went on a journey. When vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to obtain his produce. But the tenants seized the servants, and one they beat, another they killed, and a third they stoned. Again, he sent other servants, more numerous than the first ones, but they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, thinking they will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. They seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. What will the owner of the vineyard do to those tenants when he comes? They answered him, He will put those wretched men to a wretched death and lease his vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the proper times. Jesus said to them, Did you never read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? By the Lord has this been done, and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they knew that he was speaking about them. And although they were attempting to arrest him, they feared the crowds, for they regarded him as a prophet. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I think it's just helpful for us to hear this gospel. And I'm sure it's no accident that the church proposes this gospel for a Friday in Lent. We had the first reading, which certainly alludes to Jesus being betrayed and by Judas for 30 pieces of silver. And then right here in the gospel, Jesus tells this parable that pretty much describes his situation. And he was not liked by everybody. <laughs> and it's good for us to remember that. It's good for us to remember that Jesus himself, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, was not liked by everybody. I don't know about you, but sometimes I struggle with wanting to make people happy, being a people pleaser. But if we're going to be a true disciple of the Lord, we have to let that go because it's just not going to happen. right? If Jesus couldn't make people happy all the time, well, certainly none of us will ever make people happy all the time. And inevitably, we're going to have to step up and make people uncomfortable. Now, you can do that nicely, <laughs> but they're still not going to like it. I mean, I've been a priest for over 17 years. I can count on one hand the number of times that I haven't been able to give somebody absolution in the confessional. And it's not because they weren't sorry. It's just because, you know, they didn't even realize that they were in an irregular situation, marriage situation, right? 
but I can remember one person that I told that to. They were not very happy with me. I was like, sorry. (laughs) Well, Father so-and-so said I could be forgiven. Well, sorry for Father so-and-so, you know. So that's just one little instance, right? But we all have moments when, you know, we know that we're being called to say something or do the right thing. And that's going to make people uncomfortable. It may not even be that we're confronting somebody. It might just be that we feel inspired to do something good. And because we're the ones standing out for doing something good when people appear to be doing nothing, well, then that makes us an object of ridicule. I think that's pretty much Joseph and Jesus. And I'm sure you've encountered that too. You know, when I was a freshman in college, I was playing football and I made a personal decision not to drink alcohol during the football season. So when most college freshmen are going crazy and getting drunk on the weekends, including my teammates, I'm like, yeah, I made a personal resolution not to drink during the football season. I can't say what happened after the football season, but at least during the football season, I wasn't going to get drunk. I wasn't drinking at all. That made me kind of unpopular among some of my teammates. You know, but then I would just beat them up on the football field and they shut up pretty quickly, right? But we don't always get that opportunity, right, to show our stuff or to prove our point or to justify ourselves, so to speak, right? I mean, I got it a little bit on the football field, but... And eventually they respected me for that, but, you know, that doesn't always happen. So I think that's where we really just need to be rooted and grounded in our relationship with the Lord. And whatever he asks us to do, whatever he inspires us to do, well, he's done it first. Let's not forget that, right? Whatever God asks you to do, he's pretty much done it first. When it, when it comes to sticking your neck out. So as I'm saying that, I'm thinking, okay, I guess he never had to practice NFP or, you know, <laughs> anything like that. But, you know, he definitely has put his neck out there for us, right? So he has taken risks. I think that's the bottom line, right? Love necessarily involves risk. Can I get an amen? Amen. <laughs> Love necessarily involves risks. And Jesus risked it all for you and for me. Jesus risked it all. And he paid the price. He paid the price. He was hated. He was crucified. He was buried. But thankfully, that's not the end of the story. He rose victorious. But you see what he had to go through, right? I think that's my point. You see what he had to go through when he risked it all. I think sometimes we Christians think, okay, if I risk it all, well, then I'm going to be vindicated and everything's going to go well for me. Uh, I don't read that in the gospel, you know? And that's hard. That's hard. I mean, I can't tell you how many people have come to me and said, Father, I've done everything right. And my marriage still is terrible, you know. I'm sorry, you know. 
I can relate a little bit. I joined the Legion of Christ with a, you know, <laughs> criminal for a founder. Right? Right? And you all joined Radium Christi, most of you, back in the day, that had a criminal as a founder. Did God know that? Of course he knew that. But he obviously has entrusted all of us with a great responsibility to renew it, to renew it from within with the help of God, right? And his grace and his church and other people. So I think there's a, a great, you know, as Spider-Man's uncle used to say, right? With great power comes great responsibility, right? We just watched the Spider-Man movie the other night. And I think God's given all of us great gifts, great power, great influence. And so we all have a great responsibility to not only renew the Regnum Christi, but in a sense, we're here through that, with that, in that, to renew the church and society. So that's a tall order. That's a tall order. And we're not the only ones, obviously. But... We're called to do our part. We're called to do our part. And it's just not going to be easy. It's just not going to be easy. And I think in that, we're invited to just really lean into the Lord all the more, to trust in him, to surrender to him, and to beg him for the graces that we all need to be faithful and to grow in love, to grow in faith. Last week on the five-day retreat, I was reminding the ladies over and over again, our relationship with God absolutely depends on grace. We can't just flip a switch. We just can't make a decision to do better or to be better. It doesn't happen that way. In fact, the harder we try, the worse off it gets. Right? So the harder you try to please people, the more futile it becomes. I think we've all experienced that, right? The harder you try to please people, the more futile it all winds up, right? We gotta trust in God. And then watch how he works through us. But we can't be self-reliant, which we all tend to be as Americans, right? We can't be self-reliant. We need to be relying on the Lord and his grace, his mercy. So as we continue with this Mass today, Jesus is going to risk it all again. He's going to offer himself to the Father for us here today. And it's being renewed. His sacrifice is being renewed. But he's offering it here to us today. He's giving himself to us out of love for us. He wants us to know how much he loves us and how much He enjoys being with us. So Lord, help us to receive all that you want to give us here today. Fill us with your grace and mercy so that we can become those apostles of divine mercy that you have called us to be. Amen.